Okay, this is a special episode. I knew when I had this idea that this is going to be a special episode. And it ended up being one of my favorite episodes I've recorded so far. Um, in this episode, I sit down with three preacher's wives. One of them being my wife. One of them being Kimberly Rippy, And the other being Laura Parnell. And we discuss the mental health of preachers and pastors. What elderships and churches can do to help the mental health of preachers and pastors. Uh, it was a fun one and, and very enlightening. Uh, I hope you enjoy the episode. You're listening to All Things True. I'm your host, Cody B. Today, we have three very special guests. They're, one of them is my wife, Allie B. She joined us on season two of All Things True. How are you today, Allie? I'm recovering from a cold, but I'm good. She's recovering from a cold, but she's good. Here with me also today is Kimberly Rippey. If you remember, she joined us in the very last episode of season three about children's ministry. How are you today, Kim? Wonderful. Because for the first time ever is another friend of mine, Laura Parnell. How are you today, Laura? I'm doing great. Good deal. Laura is the wife of Josh Parnell, who's been on the podcast several times. And today we are doing an episode that a few individuals here I think are nervous about, but I think it'll be helpful for churches and for people and for ministers. I am asking these these wonderful women. Um, I, I guess the topic originally was, "What is something you wish you wish churches would know uh, about you, your husband, your family, X, Y, Z?" You know, last season we did an episode and I got the information, a lot of the information from Laura about the pastor and minister's mental health and how it's very poor. And we talked about this situation with Michael Williams about, about why that is and what congregations could do to, to help those situations and prevent those situations. I also wanted to get the wives in here because, Laura, you see your husband's mental health, whether it's inclining or declining firsthand, right? Yep, that's right. Well, my job, one of my jobs is to take care of my husband so that he can take care of other people. And really, I see that as my primary job as a minister's wife is to take care of him so that he can take care of other other things and other people. So, yes. What is it that you wish the congregation would do? Well, I can't speak for every minister's wife, of course, but I can speak for myself. Um, I think that we really just have to, we have to keep our eyes on Christ, make sure that we are helping each other to keep our eyes on Jesus so that we can walk on the water. We can't talk about this without kind of dipping your toes at least a little bit into the very deep waters of women's roles in the church. So that can be a little bit scary. So we have to approach the conversation with grace and kindness, recognizing that no matter how we negotiate this role, it's very close to my heart and close to the hearts of the people 
who are part of this congregation too. So, I mean, we really want to find um, really firm patterns that we can follow. And we want to be able to say that we're honoring God's way of doing things. But there is a negotiation that has to happen on an individual and a congregational level when the reality of our circumstances are challenging in comparison to what our expectations are. There's a lot of expectations all around, both from the minister, his wife, the congregation, the leadership. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. We have expectations in lots of other areas of our life. No matter what job you do, you've got rules to follow, expectations that you have to meet. The problem isn't that expectations exist. The problem arise when those um, expectations aren't clearly communicated, those contracts aren't negotiated in a clear way with all parties involved. You can't meet expectations if you don't know they exist. You don't know they exist if you don't talk about them. I mean, if, if a minister or his family is being held to an expectation, if they don't know it's there, you know, communication, like with everything, communication is key. And if they have it, there are problems. Um, if not everyone is on the same page, then idea of what they need and what they won't want won't be met. And without communication, it's impossible to have what you need and what you want. And if the minister isn't doing something that you, the church, or you, the elders, want him to do, before getting upset, make sure that they know that that is something that you want or that you need and things like that. And should they go about fixing that? Like, In all honesty, I think a simple phone call like, hey, I noticed this isn't being done. Do you think this is something that you and I can work together on? Um, or, you know, come into the office and be like, hey, I think that this needs to be addressed. Is this something that you need help with? Or did you know this was a problem? Something like that. Just a simple conversation, whether you text it or call it or come in and speak it in person to go a long way. Literally the worst thing you can do is go talk about it to somebody else and the minister or his wife or kids even hear it third or fourth hand and then by then it may not even be what they originally said you know what i mean so well that gossip and do guys and in really and in all honesty it's just usually nine times out of ten it's an easy fix like it can be something as simple as I would like the bulletin to be emailed on Thursday. And if you don't tell the minister or the minister staff, hey, it would be a big help if I could have this emailed to me on Thursday, then if they don't know the problem, then they can't help you, they can't fix it. And a lot of times your needs can be met or your wants can be met. And y'all, the bulletin is not, should not be a point of contention. <laughs> Yeah, and the pastor's wife, the pastor even, I mean, we're not even called pastors in the Churches of Christ, but I didn't grow up in the Churches of Christ. I joined the Church of Christ as a teenager, but it looks different. 
mm-hmm. depending on the setting. So what it looks like for me to be in the church in Monette, it looks different than what it looks like for Kim, for Allie in their congregations. What their roles look like is just so different. There are denominations where the pastor and his wife are like the first lady and the president of the congregation. Um, and there are other places where she's kind of expected to be the unpaid assistant. But mm-hmm. then oftentimes there's congregations, and this is more common in our Church of Christ traditions, that she's just expected to be a community member who's upstanding, who's expected to be supportive of her husband's ministry, as the ministry ads say. The problem is, is what that support means is usually pretty vague until somebody's unhappy about something, whether that's the preacher, whether that's his wife, whether it's somebody in the congregation or the leadership. It can be vague what that support looks like until somebody's unhappy. And that's why I think this communication that we're all three talking about here is so important. So, and I also think, Laura, I don't want to add this. I think it's unfair to expect y'all to be ministry support mm-hmm. when hired by the church. Exactly. We shouldn't ever expect someone to have that they're not specifically trained for. I am not a Bible scholar. I am a scholar. I am a professional. I'm a licensed occupational therapy assistant. I'm studying for a doctorate degree in occupational therapy. My husband's the one that dedicated his life to higher level biblical studies, not me. So I am very qualified to give all kinds of classes and seminars about health, about aging, about working with people who have disabilities, making our um, ministries more effective to reach the people that we're trying to help, all that kind of stuff. And I'm good at working with kids, but I'm going to disappoint you bitterly if you ask me to do a deep lesson at a ladies day or try to write a theology book or even give a lecture at a Bible lectureship, that's not my area of expertise. So we shouldn't expect the spouse of your minister to have skills that they're not trained for. And going off of that, like, um, I know that, you know, Cody and I haven't been married as long as you or Josh or Kim and Evan even, but like going into those situations, like, a lot of people in the church are older than me and they have more experience than I do with mm-hmm. things. And I may not know how to help you in those situations because I am not old enough to have that experience. Like I don't have children. I don't have aging parents. Um, I can pray for you and I can be there to listen to you if you need to, to like, just, I don't want to say vent, but even just listen to someone or have someone listen to you that's not close to the situation um Mm -hmm. and I I can do those things but I can't always do is give you advice because I am not in those situations and um I haven't you know experienced those those things and although Cody and I have been married for almost five and a half years now um 
you know, I just don't have the experience as other minister wives or other, you know, even elders or deacon wife or other members of the congregation. And just because, right. just because like you were saying, we have these expectations as the wife. You, you may not be able to teach like a deep theological class, but you have other things like you can give resources and like contact info, mm-hmm. like, you know, nobody's business. So you have things that you can do to contribute that like I can't do. And then, you know, you're going to have, right. you're going to have your things that you do bring to the table that Josh or Cody or Evan are not going to be able to do, you know, like exactly. I help Evan with his organization. He's not organized. I am. So we all have our strengths and our weaknesses, but it's like as as the wives, as the families, we have these expectations for these these roles that we shouldn't um maybe not be expected to We didn't apply for the job. Right. Yeah. That sounds harsh and call Cody if you have questions about that um <laughs> but side note everything we're saying is very hard and it's like totally out of love and experience and this is a really yes. t- so but we do have things different things that we bring to the table that it may not be what you think then what what is a you know what should a minister's wife be there is no definition for that you know what I mean no and so we just really we just really have to be honest with ourselves what we can bring to the table Mm -hmm. and remember that it's our responsibility to serve god and serve others with the gifts and talents that we have not with the gifts and talents that somebody else has and it's not just us that has to remember that it's all of us in the church let's expect one another to bring to the table the gifts and um, abilities that they have to offer. Let's let everyone take on the responsibilities in the church that they are able to address, not the ones that we want them to take. So in my, what I do is when someone says, hey, there's a need, can you do this? My response is something more along the lines of, I see that you have identified something that you can help with? How can I support you in taking care of that need? Not how can I take it on myself, but what are you going to do about it and how can I help you? Mm-hmm. Louder for the people in the back, Laura. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's, it's also, you know, not fulfilling the role. Oh, what, oh, what was the word she was just using, Kim? I had it right there on the tip of my tongue, not fulfilling the. Uh, that other people have for you mm-hmm. you know because you have your own gifts and people yeah. expect you to have certain gifts and that's not fair right exactly what i i always come at it with the attitude of i am an active member of the church because of who i am not because of what my husband does for a living i'm in the church and i'm not going anywhere but I was in the church and not going anywhere long before I ever met the boy that would become my husband later. And he didn't even become a minister until after we were married. So whoever I'm married to is just going to have to be okay with the fact that I'm in the church, our kids are in the church, and we're active. 
if he's preaching or not, it's irrelevant. I'm active in the church because of who I am, not because of him. So one of the things that I really want churches to know is that if your minister's family, if your minister's wife is anything like me, she's not there because of him. She might be there in that specific time and place, that congregation, because he took the job, but she's active in the church because she loves God and she loves his people. That's why she's here. Allie, what is something you wish congregations do? Um, and really blessed with just different congregations, different people, different things like that. Um, so I don't know if I just want like all congregations to know this or maybe just people in general, whether they attend church or not. Um, you aren't perfect. Tony Bradford's not perfect? I know. I know. This is crazy. Um, and I'm not perfect. Um, what? I know. Put up a brave face. Um, and not only are neither one of us perfect, but we shouldn't be held to perfection. Um, you know, the only perfect person there was is was Jesus, and we can strive to be Christ-like. We can strive to live like Jesus, but at the end of the day, everybody has sin. Everybody has makes mistakes. Um, we're always going to say something that we didn't mean to say. Um, there's going to be situations that we didn't respond to in a, a Christ-like manner, and I mean, it's just important for people to know that no matter how much we strive to be perfect and Christ-like, well, sometimes we're going to miss the mark. And that's okay. We can try again the next day. We can recognize when we did something wrong, apologize for it, and to do better. And um, I just think if everyone went into this knowing that not only are you not perfect, I'm not perfect, but not holding us to perfection. Um, I think that would clear up a lot of issues that you may have with ministers or elders and deacons or, you know, their wives or other people in the church. Um, Jesus was perfect and we're not him, but we can try and be like him. Now, wait a minute. Hold on down. I have to remind myself my pastor, my preacher's not perfect, Kim. Does that mean I had to offer him and his family grace? It would be helpful, yes. Yes, that grace is so important. I, like if if you're expecting the preacher and his family to extend you grace and you're expecting everyone else, why would you not extend it to them too? I mean, I'm not a Bible scholar, but doesn't the Bible say do unto others as you'd have them do unto you? Well, but does that apply to the preacher and his family? I would like it to, yes. Well, I'm a Christian, too. <laughs> I'm still reading the same Bible. That's right. I'm still trying to follow the same Jesus. And I think, you know, when we get into these kinds of conversations, and it's not just this topic, 
we get very attached to our ideas about things and we dip our toes into deep water and we start drowning each other instead of trying to help each other walk on water, focusing on Jesus. We need to help each other focus on Jesus, not trying to drown each other in deep water. It's okay to give your preacher grace. Yes. I mean, you want, you want grace from your preacher. Um, mm-hmm. You want your preacher to teach grace and forgiveness. And I mean, thankfully, Jesus does give us forgiveness. And um, I think it's important to remember that no one is above Jesus. And we all need a little grace. We all need a little forgiveness. Well, it's like what we tell the teenagers died for them too jesus that just like he did for you it's like he died for your preacher just like he did why would anything be different you know well and i'll be the first to admit that i have bad days and i make mistakes whether it's a bad day or a good day um and yeah i know hannah montana said it too every oh everybody has bad days okay well (laughs) Anyway, I think as individuals and as congregations, we all have to ask ourselves, where are we getting our expectations of the minister's wife and his family from? Are we getting those from the Bible? Are we getting those from tradition? Are we getting those from pop culture? Um, It's hard to ask those questions because it's easier to just do things automatically than to think critically about what we're doing and why we're doing it this way. Mm-hmm. So that it just comes back again and again to grace and communication because from the beginning and throughout your relationship as a ministry family in the church and just as a member of the church, this whole thing of being brothers and sisters in Christ, we have to be willing to explicitly share what our expectations really are then we have to decide what are we willing to negotiate here and then throughout the process be clear and graceful in our communication so that we can deal with necessary conflicts and avoid unnecessary conflicts just grace and communication over and over again grace is what jesus gave us grace is what we're supposed to have with each other so okay two things i want to play the devil's advocate is all right all right go right ahead give me a it's okay there's someone who's going to listen to this and they're they're going to say now wait a minute what about that one pastor who did that one thing that was awful he just died for him but wait a minute doesn't he deserve to to go to jail and rot just because his sin is public and yours is not does not make yours any better than his he deserves to be in jail and that's okay that's okay. Number two, and I, I want to point this out to the people that would make that argument. That's not most pastors and preachers. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are definitely pastors and preachers who do things that are criminal and they have to go through the legal system just like everybody else and they are not immune to it. And uh, being a leader in the church, gives you the opportunity to be in a place of power over people 
who are looking to you for guidance and advice. You as someone in that position have the responsibility to people and to God, to yourself to do th- to do right. And if you do wrong, you've got to deal with the consequences. There are preachers who have done that, done things that they shouldn't have and they have to face the consequences for it. I personally know some. Yeah. And it's it's a dangerous situation for them. It's a very harmful and hurtful thing that shouldn't be tolerated. Absolutely not. But that doesn't mean that all preachers are that way. Um, and it doesn't mean that automatically his wife is a terrible person. I mean, it's like comparing apples to oranges, I think. Like, if we're going to talk about yes. what the role of the woman in the church is or what his wife is or... I mean, yeah, of course, preachers, some of them do bad things. But at the same time, there are people who are not ministers and not, you know, involved in church and they do bad things, too. And I yeah, what about what about the elders in the church who have done bad things? And I guarantee you, just like everybody else in these similar situations, they didn't start out thinking, hey, this is going to end up to doing me doing something, badly. something bad. Um, I mean, sin affects everybody differently and how, what you choose to sin or what you choose your sin as, you know, it, it's different for every person. And I mean, not everybody wants to start their day thinking, oh, hey, I want to do something illegal and wind up in jail. Like (laughs) it took time to progress. Yeah. It took time to progress. It took time to get there and it's a slow fade. And that's also like when you need to be checking in on your minister, that's why it's important to call them and text them and where he's calling and checking on you, sometimes he needs someone also to be checking in on him. And where that's part of my job as a minister's wife, you could also call him and say, hey, I noticed on Sunday you seemed a little upset. Is everything okay? Mm -hmm. And sometimes our ministers don't feel real comfortable confiding in members of the church. They feel like they need something outside of that. So just giving them the opportunity and supporting them And going to a counselor, going on a yearly spiritual retreat or something like that, making those things available to them through their contract is really helpful in supporting their mental health so that they don't get into these hairy situations. Because, yes, they are in a position where any mistake that they do make is going to be amplified that much more and is going to be seen so much more because they are in a place of leadership. So we got to take care of our leaders while also being graceful to them. Yes, they have a lot of things to be accountable for. We got to take care of them, just like Allie's saying. Take care of them. I saw the other day on Facebook that it was something like, "If sir goes to therapy, he doesn't have any business at the pulpit." And I was like, "What garbage that is!" Because your minister. Your minister hears so many things. He gets all of these phone calls. He gets, like, upset people calling all the time. He deals with things that the congregation has no idea. And it's not just one. He's got the entirety of the congregation's issues and stuff that he is helping with, dealing with, helping them through. He may need to go be able to talk to somebody you know because he's carrying a lot you know for that congregation yeah Yeah. and 
no offense to all the preachers in my life who I love and adore, but y'all are not trained mental health professionals. That true that. So yes, they are serving as counselors for so many people and they're dealing with all kinds of psychosocial mental health issues that they may not even know that there's a word to describe. They haven't read the DSM-5. They don't get that in um, their biblical training. That's not part of it. So they are getting dumped on all kinds of stuff that they are not trained to deal with, that they have to refer out for. And you better believe they they hear stuff that they need to talk to somebody about. So I would say that a preacher who doesn't go to counseling or therapy or something needs to rethink what he's doing for a living. It will hurt you. I'm not, I get some quite a bit of mental health training in my profession, but I'm still not a licensed counselor or anything. I do have to read the DSM five. I do have to know what all of these mental health disorders are. I'm not necessarily trained to treat anybody on them. I can help them um, adjust their life to be more successful around those things, but I'm still not, I'm still not qualified to do that. I still have to refer out. So if I have to refer out, my preacher better be, because I may not be a Bible scholar, but I live with somebody who is, and I know what classes he took, and none of them included the classes that would qualify him to fully do that work without help. Well, and then as the wife, you're seeing him come home mm-hmm. and, like, in tears some days, and, like, one of the things I was, Cody read on my list of things that I was like... Your preacher loses sleep. Your youth minister mm-hmm. loses sleep over over you, over your family, over your kids. And it's like, I, I, I don't know how to articulate this. It's hard to see them. What am I trying to say? It's hard to it's hard. because, and, and they feel like they don't have an out an outlet. You know what I mean? So... Mm-hmm. They they are carrying a lot and they are dealing with a lot. So going back to the give them grace, be kind, guys. Like I met some nasty people and <laughs> a reason to be that way. Don't be ugly. Just just be nice. Because they're dealing with a lot. So and I mean that's kind of goes for everybody. Just be nice. Yeah. I mean, there's so much of what we're saying today. I mean, we can ask the question, what do you want congregations to know as the minister's wife? But when we really get down to the nitty gritty of it all, it really just boils down to what do we all need to be doing as a Christian family to love and take care of one another? If we all just do those things, then we don't even have to worry about it. Yeah. We all just love and take care of one another, be graceful and kind and help one another keep our eyes on Jesus, then all of this other stuff is just stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I guess that's the reality, isn't it? People aren't kind and gracious to the minister, his wife and their family. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. we have it in our in our society that the preacher and his wife are so such upstanding members of the community and they're such leaders and, and 
there's a lot piled on top of them and we just have to come back to wait where are we getting these expectations from is it the bible or is it culture is it society or is it god because there's a lot more in the bible talking about what the leadership of the church is supposed to be like as a whole not so much specifically the preacher there's a there should be a whole lot more emphasis on our elders and our deacons as the leaders of the church the pastor isn't the preacher isn't the uh president of the church and his wife isn't necessarily the first lady there are congregations there's denominations where it's set up that way but is that really appropriate and if we are putting all of that on those two individuals of course we're going to look at them with less grace of course we're going to look at them with higher expectations and is that really healthy though because where are we getting this from is it god that's a conversation um, that got me in a lot of trouble uh, previously, once upon a time, is we <laughs> take the role of elder and the qualifications of an elder and apply it to individuals and their families who are not qualified to be elders. Mm-hmm. I'm not qualified to be an elder, and that's okay. But then people still expect me and expect, I guess, Allie as well to be blameless. Mm-hmm. And although, like I said, we strive for, perfe for perfection, we're going to... Mm -hmm. But like you said, he, the preacher isn't the shepherd of the church the shepherds it's the elders the overseers well that's not to take away you know who your minister i know a lot of really really great ministers we have like one of the very best here like evan evan jim gardner check him out he's wonderful um but i don't know you know it's just they're it's supposed to be a team effort we're all working together here he can't, he can't carry everything. He can't, he can't do it all. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I've been really blessed to be a part of a congregation who has really loved and taken care of us and supported both of us in finding our way. And they kind of helped me become the professional that I am today. They helped me find my career and supported both of us as we went through our education and are still going through it. So they've, they recognize at least that this is a team effort. And my congregation has done a great job of shouldering the leadership burden as a team. But um, I think it's just very important that we all know that this is a team effort and we got to be graceful. And I would like to say our church, Northside's been about we don't, you know, I wouldn't say this is a church that dogs on the minister a lot, you know, and, or, or, or the wife, you know, I, I don't feel that way here. I mean, when me and Holly, our first Sunday here, yeah, church, he said, Allie is not an employee. Absolutely. Yeah. 
employee. She is not hired by you. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're good. No, that did go a long way. And, you know, I was very thankful for that because, you know, sometimes you don't know. Sometimes you don't know. And, you know, it's not something that's always talked about. Like, you know, is it a husband and wife team? Is it just, is it just Cody? Because, like, I mean, even our circumstance is different from Kim and Evan because Kim and Evan are both um, employed by the church Mm -hmm. and they both have roles here at Northside. And I'm thankful that I'm just a member because, you know, I have roles outside of the church as well. Mm -hmm. Um, And what I volunteer for and help with within the church and um, different functions within the church is just me volunteering for them. It's not that I'm expected to be there, that I'm expected to host them or um, help do them or anything. Um, It's simply... I attend Northside as a as a member, and as a member, I wanted to participate in this. Yeah, and that's very similar to how I'm approaching it myself. Like, you and I have very similar situations there, because like I said earlier, I'm an active member of the church because of who I am, not because of who my husband is. Mm-hmm. What? Now, having been in the church all my life, and not just Churches of Christ, but other places, I've seen it go well and I've seen it go badly for the wife of the minister before. I mean, there's, I've seen end of year evaluations for the minister that had questions on it that evaluated how supportive the wife was of the ministry. And I've seen ministers wives who were kind of ostracized and shamed from the congregation because they worked too much outside the home or they traveled too much or they weren't present enough or whatever, and whatever it was that the congregation didn't like, they were kind of ostracized for that. And I have not personally had that experience and I'm very glad, but I think again, it just comes right back down to that communication and grace. We have to be negotiating this from the beginning. What is the expectation Is it congruent with what our family can offer? Can we work together? And throughout the whole time, when things come up, which they inevitably will, communicating clearly about it and asking if this is something that we can negotiate on or not. Yeah, you you said evaluation. Oh, I don't think that's a fair, you know, assumption for people to make, you know, this what the wife's not being supportive it's like you don't know what's you know talked about at home you don't know what the wife is helping with or dealing with or you know who she went with her husband to go visit in the middle of the night because they were having problems or you know they got a phone call from a teenager having you know their parent just passed away you you have no idea what they're yeah. what they're doing as far as supporting their their preacher minister spouse so it's like what family vacations did she have to go on by herself so that her husband could go preach a funeral or do a wedding you don't know yeah or didn't didn't get to happen didn't get to have it all yeah i can't tell you how many times i have traveled with my children alone to be supportive of my husband's ministry yep so that he could do something how many how many things i do by myself or how much I do that no one ever sees at home taking care of him. Yep. And you, nobody gets to evaluate that. That's between me and my husband. And that's between me and God. 
it's not open for evaluation. So I've never personally had that happen to me, but I have seen it on end of year evaluations in my lifetime that I have been in the church. Yep. Yes. And we see it in um, preacher's ads all the time. And, and sometimes those preacher's ads extend that expectation to the kids. It'll be, the candidate has to be a man who has a wife that's supportive of his ministry or has a family, including the kids, that are supportive of his ministry. That's right. Kim, that is something you wish the church knew. Whether it's you, your family, your husband, what is it? Or just... I think... Um, that's an elder calling. I have a list that Cody looked over the other day, but it's long, and we're going to have to do another episode because we have ten minutes left. <laughs> it's just hard because it's like we've been doing this for several years, and you know, you pick things up and you notice things along the way. It's just like it kind of all comes down to what I said earlier. It's like be nice. You know, like we have, we've had parents call or message or come up, you know, to, and it's just like, you don't have to talk to us like we're dumb, number one. Don't, don't act like we don't have your kid's best interest at heart. And I'm not talking about any parents here, but. You know, I ask you a question. You one of the hardest ministries to do. They look at you and, and your husband, or especially a 32-year-old man, 33-year-old man. Yes. Him like he's one of their kids. Yes. Yes. He is the expert on ministry in the Bible. He, he. So like he's wrong. Yeah. He, people talk to youth ministers like that. He dogs. has been treated less than as a youth minister and that's really really hard to see and to deal with and I've been talked to that way too and it's just very um it's very hard because we love we love your kids and we would never do anything we would never teach anything that's not biblical we would never give them advice that you were not aware of you know those kind of things so it's it's just trust us a little bit you know and like i said it's not here but it's like as far as youth ministers just kind of across the board they're not they're not 17 years old you know they went to school for this they have experience evan has experience you know um and we we love your kids and that's what it comes down to and we we would never do anything that would you know, compromise them in any way, spiritually or otherwise. So that it's just it's it's hard. It's 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 just hard, Cody, <laughs> because it's it's a whole nother ball game. You know, from we call it big church, a uh, whole nother ball game. So we, but we, another thing I would think I think is having parents that are. They're very um, supportive of the ministry and of the kids. And we are very, very blessed here to have that. Um, we have we have parents that we know we can 
count on for, you know, we could call right now and say, hey, we need you to come drive a van. And they're like, I'll be there in 10. So that's, we just support, support your ministers. I think that's probably what it comes down to. It's like, trust them, love them, support them, be kind to them and be, you know, be gracious. All, all the things that you want, they want to. Mm-hmm. Uh, before we close out, Laura, do you have any final thoughts? Um, I think we've pretty much covered everything, but um, I just want to reiterate that we just need to be willing to share what our expectations are and be able to communicate clearly and gracefully. And I think that will help a lot. Um, it's, it's hard being in ministry, mm-hmm. but, um, it's also hard to take care of and be married to somebody who's in ministry. Um, we don't, we don't find our identity per se in what our spouse does. And we don't aren't automatically qualified to do our husband's job because he, he does that job. I mean, you wouldn't expect the wife of a heart surgeon to do a quadruple bypass surgery because she's not qualified. So let's be graceful with the minister's family. They aren't ministers or assistant ministers by default. Let's be clear in our communication and graceful um, and just love one another. If we keep our eyes on Jesus and not try to drown each other, we're going to be okay. Kim, do you have any final thoughts? Something Laura just that talked about the expectations again. So this is maybe a little bit off topic. Ministers' children have have it is going to be join us next week. Um, so ministers' kids have this microscope on them, and I have minister kids. I know minister kids. It's it's hard on them. Like, I don't think just members know how difficult it is to be a PK because they literally, they, they don't get away with anything. They can't, like, they have to watch what they say and how they say it and who they say it to, you know, and all these things. And it's very, it's very hard to live under a microscope because it's like, did you hear what the preacher's kid did? And it's like, please just be nice. Just be nice. Okay, that's what I got. Do you have any final thoughts? Um, I did not know that you referred to me as Allie B. Neither of us like it. So, Jim used it. Dude, side note, that's kind of funny. Um, it'll work. Yeah, I'm good with it. Um, I should have known the way you introduce yourself on all your TikToks. Um, sorry. Uh, back to the podcast. Um, you know, I'm thankful that I've had good experiences at the churches that we've been at since we've been married. Um, I know um, that hasn't always been the same for everyone in ministry, but I think it's important to remember that your your minister is a person too, and they have feelings and just like you, their feelings can be hurt. They can get mad. They have all the same emotions that you do. Mm-hmm. And um, communi- communication with your minister, with your um, ministry st- ministry staff at your church or your elders and deacons staff at your um, 
at your church is important because if they don't know there's a problem, your problem isn't going to get fixed. And um, although I am a minister's wife and I knew that there would be some things going into that when I got married, I am not the minister and I can't always make those changes. Um, in all honesty, I can't make those changes. I'm not employed by Northside. I was not employed by our previous church. Um, so I can listen to you. And if it's an area that I have some expertise in, I will give that to you. Um, if you need a hug or a shoulder to cry on, I'll be that person. But I can't make changes. But you know the minister, you know the elders and deacons. Um, and if you don't, you need to communicate with them. Because, like I said, they don't know there's problems unless you tell them. And if you don't know us, come meet us. Because we're nice talk people. to us. Me and Ellie are nice. And Laura's nice if you're in Monette. Go visit her. <laughs> yes, I am. Yeah, I'm a good friend. She is. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, if you have any questions, you can email them to cbradford at northsidecofc.info. That's cbradford at northsidecofc.info. Thank you so much for, for listening. Guys, thank you all so much for, for being here. Um, Thanks for having us. Absolutely. And remember, all things were made by him.